Welcome to Bussin', the Greenville Transit Podcast. On today's episode, I'm riding along with Joe Dill, District 17 County Council member who's running for re-election. He is running against Joey Russo and Cheryl Gornero. Both of them have previously recorded episodes, so feel free to listen to those as well as you're trying to make up your decision on who you're going to vote for next week in the primary. And please remember, this is an important primary. We need everybody to vote because it matters for the future of Greenville. Enjoy the episode. Today, I'm riding along with County Council incumbent Joe Dill, who's currently running for re-election. So, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Right. Thank you. This is exciting. I don't get to do this every day. I know. I know. This is really a lot of fun. So, right now, we're riding um, on the 503 up towards Furman. Um, And what I'd like to start asking, what are your memories of riding the bus, Joe? Did you ever ride the bus as a kid or as an adult, maybe live in other places? Or or what's your experience been? Well, I've... uh I was raised on uh, riding the bus to school after uh, I got into middle school, uh, and uh, we rode the bus to school. There wasn't anything such as your mama and daddy carrying you to school. You either walked or you rode the bus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been to other towns, Atlanta, Chicago. I've been to Detroit. I've been to New York City. I've been to... Boston, other places where they have tremendous transit systems that really work well. Yeah, and it's it's amazing what you can where you can get to on a bus in those kind of systems, right? It's pretty impressive. Well, without the uh, the bus system in those towns, you wouldn't be able to get around because you, you couldn't carry your car with you. Somebody else would be driving your car if you parked it in a parking lot. Yep, yep, that's true. That's true. Well, I'm glad to have you here today on the bus. We're gonna talk a little bit just about you know the upcoming elections we've got the primary coming up next week um and i i wanted to give you the opportunity first to let us know why is it that you're running for re-election well the reason i'm running i've got so many things that i have started doing that are not finished and uh i i I feel like once i'm able to accomplish those things that are in the mill right now then uh you know, I can probably take a rest. But uh, right now, I've got so many things going on that need to be finished. Uh, I need to finish the Haygood House, the Campbell Covered Bridge. Uh, also, things that I've been working on about development for years that uh, need to be finished. And uh, without my vote, I'm afraid that they won't happen, that the developers will just... Uh, uh, not let them happen, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why I'm running again. I want to see things uh, that I've started. I want to see them finished, and I want to be a part of making them what they need to be. Yeah, draw it, drawing things to conclusion. Yeah, drawing okay. them to conclusion. Okay. Well, um, one of the things that I know that's in front of the county council right now that you talked about growth and, and development and all that is is the UDO. So you guys are about to be in the process of reviewing all those documents. Um, the first draft of the, that first module's out and the, the second and third are going to be, uh, I guess, out and just in the drafts will be out later this summer. Have you had an opportunity to look over any of that stuff, Joe? And, See, and if I'm so, chairman. what are your thoughts? Okay. I'm chairman of the Planning and Development Committee and it was under my leadership that we started the UDO and uh, it's a necessary thing and I I've been involved in the development all the way through the process. We're reworking some of the stuff right now that was in the original draft so that it will better fit Mm -hmm. the 
the way the this uh, community is developing. Okay. So- and see, developers need to know uh, exactly where the boundary lines are. Mm-hmm. What can I do as a developer to develop a piece of property? And the property owner also needs to know where the boundary lines are for them to be able to develop their property. Mm-hmm. So just being able to be really clear about expectations then around That's development right. and, it, and planning. And, and I know how important that is for developers to understand the bottom line, right? To know what's, right. what money is going to have to go into this piece of property to get it to where they need to be. And, and that exactly. UDO can really influence that. That's where it's got to be in the UDO. We've got other laws, but uh, the UDO is the big thing that drives development. The one that we have now, it is uh, antiquated. It's not anything up to date. Right, right. And we need to do that. And and I'm proud to be a part of developing that process, and I want to see it all the way till its completion. Okay. Well, are there are there parts of the UDO that you're or things that you're really hoping the final draft has in it that you're looking forward to? Yes. Uh, whoa, bus. <laughs> I know our bus, for our listeners, the bus just need, kind of stopped need, suddenly. We need stirrups on this seat <laughs> where you can hold on. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they there there are things that uh, like like I want to preserve the agricultural land. Now, I got an ordinance passed that allows people in the unzoned area to zone their uh, agricultural property, and also in the rest of the county, any even in the in the zoned areas, people can get zoning. We just approved one uh, over next to Pebble Creek. Uh, into an agricultural zoning, so people can do that. But I want to see those more of those things in the UDO, where okay. we're preserving more property, and uh, because we we're going to have to have farms, we're going to have to have uh, agricultural designations where people can grow food and do things like that. We can't just have apartments everywhere. Right, right. We got to be able to support those people that live in those places with the different. That's right. You know, uh, production and, and, and that sort of stuff. And we've got a beautiful food. place to live. That's the reason people are wanting to move here. You can make a good living, and you can live comfortably, and uh, and and the quality of life is really great here. We got mm-hmm. the mountains, and we're not far from the ocean. Uh, we've got just about anything you want, and the uh, I think the UDO can help us to be able to keep that community that we've got. Okay. So those are important pieces. And um, I know that our listeners, we've, we've talked on other episodes of the podcast about that UDO and that development and how important it is for the future of Greenville. Is there a particular infrastructure or, you know, you mentioned growth. I mean, we've got a, a lot of pressure right now on the community because of all the growth and the, the um, influx of new residents. What are some of those infrastructure issues that you think are really important for the council to look at? Well, I think that we've got to figure out how we, uh, this can be. We had an ordinance 3.1 that uh, required that the developer, before they put in a subdivision, they had to fix the infrastructure, the roads, water, sewer, all of those kind of things, and upgrade the roads. And uh, I think that the UDO should have something like that in it. Uh, and it possibly uh, there's a way to do a, uh, a fee, an impact fee. They've done that in other parts of the country, and it's worked well. In South Carolina, we got York, Rock Hill, 
places like that that uh, have infrastructure fees and they have wonderful roads. They they even build schools in those communities, those subdivisions. Just the the developers do, yeah, in, in order to support the the population that will right. be moving there. Okay, and 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 it's a great thing, and uh, I think that uh, that we'll. We, as this UDO comes about, I think we're going to have to, and I've got it in my committee, that on the 20th we're going to be talking about that, about how impact fees can be implemented and how they can be utilized. Okay, so having because that as a tool. Because the people that have been living here all the time, they shouldn't bear the expense of fixing the roads for new development. That should be the development. Okay, so shifting shifting that sort of infrastructure development onto the development uh, developers themselves, so that they can invest in that community that they want to bring more people into. That's right. Okay, um, so with that kind of infrastructure being important, are there other things? I know, I mean, we're riding the bus right now, right? We just did a little loop. We just tapped onto tap Furman there at the gates and are riding back in towards town now. Um, how does? I mean, do you see transit as part of infrastructure? Do you think that that, you know, like, or economic development? How does how does transit fit into your picture of I think transit Greenville is County. a big part. Okay. I think the reason we built the Swamp Rabbit Trail was to get the bicyclers off of the highways. And it hadn't worked that well. But now, public transportation, I, I perceive as we grow, we're going to have to have more. Mm. And I'm, I'm just excited that... That to see that that Greenlake has has upgraded their method whereby they pick up people in a more timely fashion. Used to I can remember here that if you uh, rode the bus to work, you were going to be late, and nine times out of ten you'd be there till up in the night before it came back to get you. Mm-hmm. But now it's not that way. I'm hearing great things about how the system is working in a better way. Mm-hmm. And uh, but as that improves, we're going to have to expand the routes and take care of the outlying areas. Yeah. Well, and I don't think the bus goes to your district right now. No, does it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I think as growth happens, you're going to see the need. Right. And I think uh, I was talking to a group the other day that was t- they were wanted to put some uh, apartments back up in uh, Marietta. And the first question they asked me is, what do you think the possibility is of getting transit here? Mm. I said, if there's riders here, the bus will come. Yep. I believe it will. Well, it's interesting because um, we talk about you know the influx and the, the need of people and density and all that sort of stuff so that the bus system can expand. You were on the council in, in 2018 when the council voted to increase funding for GreenLink. That's right. Um, which helped to expand the hours. Um, so you were just talking about that, too. So now it goes till 1130 at night, which helps lots of people come and go for much of the day. Um, the next stage of that expansion, the I don't know if you know any of the planners at GreenLink, but they're really bright and smart, and they're very intentional looking at those population density areas, like where is that growth happening, and yeah. where do we need to expand the different routes and stuff like that. So it does look like, I guess I'm happy to, to let you know that in the coming years, as they expand, they're going to double the fleet. Um, some of that comes from county council giving them that piece of land to put a new maintenance facility on and all that good stuff happening. So there's a lot of energy around GreenLink right now that's really positive. Um, but, but I think there could be some, I, I don't know if the bus is going to go all the way to Marietta, but I do know that there's some good energy around all those pieces right now. There's a lot of possibilities. 
I know that we ex- we extended it over into Berea, and it hadn't went to Berea, and that was because there was a need there. Mm-hmm. And now, I think as the need is available, we'll see more expansion to the northern part of the county. Yeah. Do you feel like, I know that the county council um, helped with some of that funding for public, for local match, so at the time, um, in right before the county council voted to do that i think it was right under four dollars per capita investment and then now it's right above eight dollars i just did that that stuff t- uh this week got the new data from 2020 it's eight dollars and 11 cents per capita now that's being invested so it's almost it's more than doubled uh, just by a little bit um but we're still below a lot of our peer cities in the in the region which is hard because i know what you're talking about those great cities that you've ridden the, the bus in um how do you manage that tension between, you know, you've said, you, you know, the enthusiasm you would have for bus and expanded transportation with the other things that you've got on your plate as they, as you have to make decisions as a council member? What is it that you do to help manage those priorities financially? Well, the thing that you got to do is be able to, to make a decision of, do you fix the roads or do you expand the bus service? Mm-hmm. You got those things have to work hand in hand. You can't separate them out. But I know it's hard in some people's minds to say that uh, that we we can't spend the money on the buses because we need to spend money on the roads. But we we really have to be looking at all of it in in the same vein. I mean, one's got to. Uh, I know, and, and another thing, the need. You got to look at the need, uh, like. 276 is full of potholes but the state's getting ready to pave it and the reason of those potholes is because of the traffic, the constant traffic on 276 25 White Horse Road all of those things and uh, the more of the need to ride the bus creates ridership and thereby causes all of us to have to spend more money on it. Just like we're working on the hospital at North Greenville trying to get it open, the emergency room open back up because they shut it down. There wasn't enough users. Right. And the same way with the buses. It's easy to rationalize giving more money to the bus system if a lot of people are using yeah, it. Yeah, I think you're right. That so, ends up, uh, it's easier to persuade the community as a whole that this is something we need to invest in when we see all the individuals that are using it all the time. But I think the cost of vehicles, the cost of buying fuel and operating vehicles in this part of the country, mm-hmm. as well as anywhere else, is going to drive people toward looking at public transportation. Yeah, I know that's going to be a big pressure right now. One of the highest use times of uh, GreenLink, which it wasn't GreenLink then, it was coach line or something like that but the the group that was doing the buses at the time was right after world war ii so it was all the pressures with the fuel cost and all the rationing and all that sort of stuff and we were more compact then as a community so it was easier for the buses to be really efficient but that was the highest use and then it flipped when we started to um the interstate you know expansion and that sort of stuff and everyone wanted to get their cars right we started building the gi bill we had all that stuff like that with the neighborhoods we expanded out to suburban kind of groups um, so it's interesting to see that growth. It's kind of like a rubber band. We kind of spread out. Everybody wants their space, and now we're filling it all in with so many more people that are moving to the community. I've 
I, I remember when there was a bus that run all over Greenville, and and uh, they called them trolleys. Yep. And uh, I know Knox and the city council had brought back the trolleys, but it wasn't like what it was back then. And I had relatives and friends that never had driving license. They rode the trolley everywhere. They rode it to work. They rode it to school. They rode it everywhere, all over the city. Yeah. And uh, and it later on, the uh, powers that be decided that we didn't need the bus system in Greenville, and they did away with it. And uh, and I think it's it caused people to go to cars and uh it we may just like you said we may be going back to that yeah well it's kind of fun to i mean i know as we first sat down and we were getting set up for the podcast to record we ended up you and i were enjoying talking to the different riders on the bus and um getting to know them a bit so it is fun to be in that community on this bus i know everyone's always surprised they get on the bus and how many people are on it it surprised me i I just wondered if y'all staged this just for me (laughs) we did not did not (laughs) stage it we rushed to get on a bus before it hopped off and started pulling away i didn't even know necessarily which one we were going to ride but it was it it's wonderful to see people utilizing this Mm -hmm. this bus it is. It's good to have them riding, and it's good to have this this part because, like, like you said, if, if you have to ride, it's good to have the bus. Oh yeah. And then if you want to ride, right? You want to have that as a choice. You've got another group of people who would say, "Gosh, if I could just have a little bit more frequency, or it goes a few more places, that sort of stuff." They suddenly the riding the bus becomes something they look forward to. Exactly. Yeah. I've got on the train here at the train station mm-hmm. and went all the way to Disney World. Oh man, I bet and you enjoyed you talk that trip. About a thrill. Yeah. And we got off in Orlando and got on a bus and it carried us to Disney World. And and I never drove a car the whole time I was gone and came back on the train. It was a real experience. Yeah. But it it one day I went to Atlanta and I was in a traffic jam and I looked up and I saw that train go over the top of where mm-hmm. I was sitting. As you just sat there, you watched everybody pass you by. Yeah, I was, I was in the car, and I, I was, I felt a lot of ownership for that vehicle, but it wasn't moving. Yep, that's funny. That's funny. You felt probably envious of those people that were moving yeah, on down the I, line I remembered too. Remembered when I was on that train going right over there, going to Orlando, and it didn't slow down. That's pretty funny, Joe. Well, I really do appreciate your time today. This has been great to talk with you about all this stuff, and. Uh, I really, yeah. Thanks for riding the bus with me. Thank you for inviting me. I wish we could have done it sooner. Yeah, well, this is great. We'll be able to do it, and we can do it again another day. Ride again. Yep, that sounds perfect. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Bussin', the Greenville Transit Podcast, has been brought to you by Greenville Connects and is produced by the Greenville Podcast Company. Please make sure to check us out and give us five stars so everybody can find us. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 